The following is a Journeywise Network production. When I was 17 years old and a senior in high school, I had the opportunity to travel to Honduras on a mission trip with leaders in my church. It was an amazing experience for me as I had never been out of the country before. As we were traveling back in from the field after the trip, we made a stop at the organization we were with, their Bible Institute, where they train their pastors. And we were doing a prayer walk around the property. And I walked past a window and I stopped to pray. And a man came up to me and he began to pray over me. He was speaking in complete Spanish and I only understand a little bit of Spanish. Eventually, a translator joined us and began to share what the man was praying over me. And he said, he is praying for the man who's going to support you in your ministry. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. For one, I don't have a ministry. And for two, I don't have a man. And so I kind of let the conversation go. It was a neat experience, but didn't really think much about it after I got back home. Fast forward to six years later, I was traveled back to Honduras with my fiance, Preston, and we were serving on a medical mission team. On our way back in from the field, we stopped at the Bible Institute and we were doing a prayer walk. I walked past this window, Preston standing next to me, and the wind blew through the window. It blew my hair back and with it came the memory of the man praying over me in that same window. So I began to tell the story to Preston. He squeezed my hand and looked me in the eyes and said, I am that man. And I said, wow, that's so awesome. I thank you, Jesus. But I still didn't have a ministry. I still didn't quite know what that meant and what that was going to look like in our life. Fast forward to August, 2023. I had the opportunity to travel back to Honduras. Um, I was asked to be a part of a teaching team of women going in to host a women's conference. On our calls leading up to uh, our trip, we learned that the conference was going to be held at the Bible Institute, in the very place that this prophecy was spoken over me so many years ago. I would now have the opportunity to go back and proclaim the word of God to the women in the audience. And I told this story as I stood on the stage in Honduras and was able to to share the gospel with these ladies, to be faithful to the mission of God. Um, And it was a full circle moment of feeling the fulfillment of the prophecy uh, that was spoken over me as a 17-year-old. And to see my husband's role in ministry all along the way and what a gift that had been of getting me to that point. And now, because of the trip, the that window, that space holds a different uh a different memory for me. About an hour before I was supposed to get up and speak, um, I had one of the episodes that I've shared a little bit about on the podcast before where my legs stopped working. And I was hesitant to go on the trip because I was having these health issues and still wasn't exactly sure what was going on. And some people were like, yeah, this is not a good identical. You should not go on this trip. But I felt a very strong call from God to go on the trip. And so we, um, the women that I was with, when my legs kind of shut down and weren't working, the women began to pray over me and believe with me that God was going to give me the strength to get up to stand and to proclaim his word that he had sent me to share. And he did exactly that. They had a stool up on the stage and I didn't even need it. I was able to deliver a message with a clear mind and with all of the energy and and, and, and emotion that um, he has given me when I I speak to a crowd. And so um, that place now holds a new memory for me, a a true miracle that we witnessed in in God providing the energy and stamina for me to get up and speak. Before we left, the women asked me, can you go back to that window and let's pray over you? And so I would like to tell you that since I've been back from the trip, I've had no issues, no health issues at all, and that would just not be true. But what I can say is the way that that encouraged my heart, that God can and He can use me and wants to use me even in this struggle that I am walking through. He will not leave me abandoned and he will not let me down. And he still wants me to do the work that he has set before me to do. And friend, it's the same for you. 
I was so encouraged by the women that I traveled with that I wanted you to get to meet some of them. So for today's conversation, I've invited five of the women that were on the trip with me to share a little bit about our experience and about the um, bonding that took place while we were on the trip, because I think that you will be encouraged as much as I was. Now, it's a little overwhelming because there's five voices on the podcast and we're not used to that many voices. But one of those voices is a familiar voice to you. My friend Nicole Runke was on season one of the Choosing Cheer podcast. And so you'll recognize her voice. I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode from season one if you would like to hear more about her story. Friends, Hang with it today because the content of this episode is so good, and I know that you will be blessed in a big way. Thank you for joining us this week on Choosing Cheer. Let's jump in to today's conversation. Hey friends, welcome back to the Choosing Cheer podcast. My name is Nicolette Bell, your host, and it's my joy to get to be here with you today for this conversation. And I just have to tell you guys that I have been so looking forward to today's conversation because it has been a long time coming. I have some very busy people on this phone call with me today and trying to get all of their schedules to align has been a challenge and a gift all at the same time, Um, but it is happening today and I am just thrilled about it. I'm also excited because um, I've only ever had two guests at a time on the podcast and today I have five and so I am just thrilled for today's conversation as these are five um, of the most godly women I know. And so I am so excited for you to get to learn from them today as we continue on our journey of choosing cheer. Let's jump into today's conversation. We got to go on a trip Um, together to Honduras in August. And we all met and bonded in, it was a very quick trip, but it was really amazing what the spirit and the Lord did while we were all together. So Nicole, you are the common denominator between all of us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the trip, how it came to be and how we all came to be a part of it? Well, the short answer is God told me who to ask, and I trusted that the right people would say yes. And so that's Mm. the most general but true way to describe how God brought our team together. Um, So my husband, Timmy, he serves as president of the international missions organization that we traveled with, Baptist Medical and Dental Mission International. And so he called me one day. at, I was working and he called me and he said, hey, something we need to talk about tonight, something we need to start praying about is a, an opportunity for you to go down to Honduras and be a part of a women's conference that one of the missionaries is putting on. And he said, you know, we just need to pray about it. It feels like it's, you know, a no brainer, but let's pray about the logistics and think about, you know, how it could work for you to go. And originally it was simply, you know, that I would have the chance to go down as his wife and um, just kind of a solo trip that I would go down and be a part of this women's conference. And what I don't even know that I've shared with you guys is, (laughs) you know, leading up to that, I had really been Um, really honest and vulnerable, both with Timmy and God about how I felt like I was missing out on a little bit of that ministry work um, because we had a daughter 18 months ago. And so from that time, you know, it changes how you're able to do ministry alongside your spouse. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, Timmy and I had done everything literally together. I mean, we have built ministries um, for God's glory together, our whole marriage. And so I had been struggling with him always having the chance to go and me not really having the opportunity um, to leave and to go and put my feet on foreign soil and and do the gospel work across the globe. And so I had shared that with him probably a month or so before he called and said, hey, there's this opportunity in Honduras. So, you know, of course, we both were like, we've got to get Nicole down there. There's no way that we're not going to say yes to this. Well, from the time we hung up the phone till we both ended up in the car together about a day and a half later, um, the Lord had really kind of given me this vision and dream of what this trip could be. And, you know, it started with, hey, you know, let's see if there are some people um, that could go with me. You know, Timmy said, I want you to have somebody to travel with. You know, we made the decision that he would stay home and I would go. And so who could travel with me that would make sense and bring some safety and security 
and you know, he's thinking logistics and I'm thinking, no, let's see what God can do. This can be really, really fun. And so I just started dreaming about, you know, strategic women that could really go down and make an impact. And so um, tossed it around with Marina, the missionary, and certainly didn't want to override any of her plans, even though I think that's exactly what we did. Um, and so talking to Marina about, you know, how could I bring, not just me, could I bring some friends with me and how could we serve you and help kind of, you know, put a little bit more behind your conference. Um, and so she gave the thumbs up for me to build a small team of women who could come. And I said, you know, I know I can get some teachers to come, some women who are equipped and capable and gifted to teach. Um, but I don't want to just bring teachers. I want to bring some of my friends um, to be exposed to gospel work across the globe, to be exposed to the ministries of BMDMI, um, but mm-hmm. also to truly create a, a really unique experience on foreign soul that felt like a women's retreat for us. Um, you know, of course, mm-hmm. at the center and at the focus of everything that we did, I knew that the growth and the spiritual journeys and, and the the responsibility that we had to go down and help host a women's conference wasn't about us. It was about the women that we would serve. But I also knew that just as God had given the opportunity and as an answer to my personal prayers to have this opportunity to go and serve, I knew that there could be blessings on both sides. And so Mm -hmm. I took that really seriously because I felt that personally. I felt like the Lord was gifting this opportunity of a trip to me as a way for him to remind me and assure me that he had not forgotten me in, you know, the plans that he has for my family and for my husband, that there was a place for me in that too. And so Mm -hmm. it was a gift. It was a very personal, intimate gift that I felt like God had given me. And I knew that if I was feeling that, then there would be so much power in extending that invitation, that opportunity to women in my life. And so I literally made a list, a handwritten list of women that I knew um, I wanted to ask. And I, I told God, I said, I'm going to go down this list. And as the right people say, yes, I'm going to trust that this is the team you want. And, um, and that's exactly, that's exactly what I did. And God was so kind in, you know, yes, there are some great friends of mine that I asked and they were not able to go. The schedule was not the right weekend or, you know, for various reasons. And they Mm -hmm. were several of the women were people that I thought surely would say yes and come with me to Honduras. And I trusted God that the right people would say yes and that he would build the team that he wanted. Um, And so it was a beautiful process for me because in you guys saying yes, you were saying yes to me. Um, I knew you were saying a bigger yes to God but all of it felt like such a gift to me um, to be reminded that I do have beautiful, godly women who are in the fight just as seriously as I am for God's glory and our families and in our lives. Um, and that we would create a bond, a special, unique bond over this experience as we took the gospel to the ladies of Honduras. And so God truly did. He did bring the team together. Um, and I think it was a gift for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say for me, one of my favorite parts about the trip, Nicole, was being able to watch you step into your role in ministry um, and just to get to be alongside you in that because I have um, kind of just been in the background over the years of the things that you and Timmy were doing and and praying for and praying with. And so for me, it was just a fulfillment of um, all of the things in your life that had led you up to that point. And so just to get to be um, a part of that and to witness that was just a real gift from God. And so it was just sweet. It was so sweet. It was sweet. It felt like such a personal, um, it's a marker for me spiritually. This team, not just, I mean, honestly, y'all know this, getting to the airport was the starting point for the trip. But when God started building this dream and vision in my heart, that started a journey that I think is probably going to be one of those Ebenezer stones of my faith for the rest of my life because I saw the faithfulness of him in bringing this team together and equipping me with what I needed in the moments to lead you 
overseas into another country on foreign soil alongside a missionary to do the work bigger than any of us could have wrapped our minds around. And so the building of the team and the preparation of our team is going to be a spiritual marker for me forever. Um, It shaped me. It built me. It changed me in a lot of ways because I saw God be true to him, to be Mm. true to himself and to come through in ways um, that only he could have and to do things in me and with you guys that only he could do that was bigger than any of us could have ever done in our own strength or abilities. So I want to give everybody a little bit of context behind this because as I'm hearing you describe this, Nicole, I'm like, let me give everybody some context here. Um, so when we all said yes to this trip, uh, we were under the impression there was going to be about 150 women, maybe. Like that was going to be great if 150 women came to this gathering that we were hosting at the Bible Institute on one of BMDMI's uh, missionary campuses. And um, we just kept hearing updates as we would meet. We met weekly leading up to the trip and we would meet and it'd be like, oh, there's going to be 200. And then, oh, maybe 300. Um, Oh, you know, maybe 350. And then we show up and I don't know if we ever got like a final count, but I mean, there were like close to 400, maybe more. I think, I think we were closer to 450 total. Yeah. Okay. By the time Um, everybody came in and checked in. Yeah. So it was just way more than we knew what we were all getting into. Um, And so it was women from all across the country. And that was what was so neat about it. These women traveled in from all across the country to meet together. And then they were going to go back into their villages and take what we what they learned over the weekend to their communities. So that was one of the coolest parts about the trip to me was that it was going to go beyond. I mean, I would just love to hear the stories of how those women have gone back into their communities and have begun to, um, to make a difference. So what about for you guys? What was uh, some of your favorite part? What was your favorite part of the trip? I think one of the favorite parts to me was as I watched how they were traveling in, Mm-hmm. Uh, in the back of pickup trucks. I mean, and they were there, rain, shine, whatever. And they were giving of themselves. And but we didn't, I did not speak the same language. Very small, very, very unique little words. But their smile and the way they greeted us, just their eyes would tell us how much they appreciated our being there and their smile. And it was just I don't know, it was such a ministry to me to see their sacrifices of being there. We had nothing compared to what they had to be there. And that was that was so meaningful to me. Right. So when Miss Tolly says they were in back the back of pickup trucks, um, I want to make sure we have a real good picture of that. Uh, these women were pouring in to the conference. And there were so many women in the back of these small pickup trucks that they were having to stand up. They couldn't even sit down. And people were so crammed in the back of these trucks where they couldn't even sit down or bend over. And they would ride for hours like this. And y'all, the roads are terrible. Like I live in Jackson, Mississippi, and the roads here are really terrible, but the roads in Honduras are worse than that, right? Like we're talking about third world country. You are bumping up and down, even sitting down, you feel like you're going to fly out of the car. So these women traveling on these bumpy roads for hours and hours and hours. When I saw them, Miss Jolly, I just kept thinking like they are hungry for the word of God. They are hungry. They want to be here. And so many of us, we don't crank our car and drive the 10 minutes up the road to go to church and meet with believers on Sunday morning. And then here they are traveling hours and hours uncomfortably to get to meet and learn and hear the word of God. Mm -hmm. So that really, that image is forever in my mind. Me too. Nicolette, I think, um, I walked in the church the first day after seeing their big smiles. And I'll probably cry saying this, but it's an image that is stuck in my mind. Their little Bibles were on their chairs. And when you looked at the Bibles, they looked like a Bible that had been passed down from generation mm-hmm. to generation to generation. You could just see how worn they were and how studied they were and how close to their heart they keep the word of God because mm-hmm. of the way that they were used. And to me, I walk in and I'm like, my goodness, like, why do they want to learn from me? I want to learn from them. Like, 
they are in the word. And I knew from that second walking in, it was going to be a trip I never forgot. Mm -hmm. Um, Just from the look of the worn Bibles, just chair after chair. I took pictures of them. I was like, and it's a mind, like in my mind at night when I go to bed, it just brings the biggest smile to my face thinking about the hunger of the women of Honduras and, and the hunger that it also spurred in me. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Does anybody else? One thing that I, go ahead, Tracy. One thing that I noticed, and this is, I don't know if we haven't ever talked about this, but, you know, we saw these droves of women coming in cars and trucks and buses. But did you notice when we went to bed at night that all of a sudden it was dark and it was empty? And I have no idea where those women went. It was when Jesus fed the 5,000, you know, he had three fish and five loaves and yet it, everybody ate. There was no way that there was 400 beds no. at that institute for those ladies to sleep in. And I said, now, where did everybody go? I, I was just amazed. And then the next morning, it, the sun was up and everybody's back. I was like, <laughs> And what happened? Right. Yeah. That was just my takeaway. I was like, I don't know where the beds came from, but God gave them. Yeah. God supplied the beds. We I saw a lot it. of God supplying things. I mean, he stretched a tablecloth in front of my eyes. <laughs> I will never forget those moments. But we did. There were so many moments that truly brought the fishes and the loaves to our minds because we were watching God multiply in front of our very eyes. He was multiplying our energies. We felt it. I mean, we were so exhausted. There weren't actually enough hours in the night to get sleep or hours in the day to get like the the math didn't add up. And yet there we were with energy and with smiles and with joy. And we were able to do things. And then we saw him multiply food and we saw him multiply space and tables and chairs and expand tablecloths and bring gifts out of suitcases that we thought we had ran out of. I mean, time and time again, we were seeing him do those miraculous things. And I think those are things that have that will change us forever. We'll, we'll never be the same because of what we experienced. Okay, Nicole, so I want to ask you about that because I've thought a lot about that because we're talking about food, tablecloths, like some of these things. We're not talking about like we didn't see like miraculous healing of um, illnesses or that kind of thing on this trip. But let's think about, okay, we saw these miracles, genuinely miracles that we witnessed. Why do you think we missed that? in our everyday lives. I have food, tablecloths, all of this kind of stuff in my everyday life. Why don't I see it in my everyday life? I think that it's because I thought about this a lot too. Um, I think it's because we can give credit to things a lot easier here in the States and in our own lives. We're able to say, oh, well, I just ran to Target and picked up a bigger tablecloth. Or, oh, I can just call so-and-so and they can bring this to me. Or, oh, we can just pull an all-nighter and get all of this done. And so we are able, because of the resources that we have, to muster up or to create or to buy or to provide things that when we are pulled out of this privileged context, Western American Christian culture context, we're pulled out of that and we're plopped down in the middle truly of a village in the middle of Honduras, where there's no other option, there's no other answer for it than God's Holy Spirit power, then we see it for what it really is. But Mm -hmm. when we're at home, we can give that credit to anything else. We can give it to ourselves. We can give it to our coworkers. We can credit it towards, you know, the convenience of Walmart delivery or you name it. We can give credit other places. And so we don't see it for what it is um, because we don't need to see it. I mean, I think our view of desperation is different. And so when we were in Honduras, there was no other way to have a tablecloth that big other than God gave us a tablecloth that big. And so when that's the only option, that's all we can see it for. And I think that's the beauty of why it's so important. And this is not the point of the podcast, but why it is so important for believers to have experiences on foreign soul. It changes our faith because it takes Mm -hmm. us out of our current context and we're able to see God for who he is 
in a way that we are clouded because of the things we have access to in our lives here at home. Yeah. And so that we bring that back, right? That's right. right. Go ahead, Katie. I think that we're stripped of our distractions. I think uh, on top of what Nicole said, I think we each in our own worlds, we give so much and we do so much and usually more is better. And I think we saw the impact that less is better. That's right. And I know I've came home and it, it hasn't just been cleaning out closets and trying to have less, but to actually slow my pace so we can see the work the Lord is doing because he's always working. That's right. I think it's a lot of times that we, spin our wheels so fast. We're trying to, you know, in the Martha and Mary world, we're trying to be the doer. And sometimes he wants us to just sit in his presence and see. So I think it was also that we were stripped of our distractions that we have here in our homes. Mm. That's really good. That's really, really good. So when we talk about specifically on the podcast, we talk about choosing cheer or the joy of Jesus in our everyday life. When we think about that and what we witnessed in these women, somebody talked to us a little bit about the joy that we saw in them. We've kind of hinted at it a little bit. Let's talk about that. And then how that contrasts with what we see kind of in our everyday American life. So I sat by one of the little ladies in, um, and we couldn't speak to you. I mean, we didn't understand each other, but we did understand each other. Does that make sense? And she would be talking and I would be talking and we would just, all of a sudden we would laugh because it was joyous, even though we didn't know what the other one was saying. It was just that camaraderie that I had. She was older than me. <laughs> Or at least, yeah, whatever. And but <laughs> but it was just—I don't know—it was just a special time that I had with that one little lady. I sat by her every night or every session that we had, and she would help me with the language, and I would help her. And I don't know—it was just that joy that we had together. We laughed a lot because I would have this blank look on my face, and she would too. And I don't know that it was just that that understanding that we had and because I could see on her face she loved Jesus, mm-hmm. and I do too. And it was just that that camaraderie that we had in him together. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, trying to say was what Nicole and Katie also spoke about. Um, just there's so many distractions um, here in our society, and it's so easy to get bogged down on with our schedules, our to-do list, um, uh, all the important things. And uh, it really reminded me how I needed to block out all the noise that's just in our daily life and just remember the priority of what we were created for. and. For me personally, walking into that church uh, for the first time, and I'm going to try not to cry, but I'm already crying, but just feeling God's presence in his nature and his beauty and seeing him through the eyes of those women will forever change my life. And I like to say on the choosing cheer podcast, Lauren, that um, even though we're talking about cheer and joy, we can definitely have tears. And that's the beauty of Jesus that he allows us to feel. um, I still cry, but it is so much tears of joy, you know, and I think that's really what it's all about is we have to choose cheer in order to find that joy that God wants to give us so freely. It's right in front of us. We just have to accept it and see it for what it's worth. And it's not different there than it is here, right? But we, you know, we miss it sometimes. Yeah, Miss Jolly. I looked up the word cheer. Uh It says shout for joy or in praise or encouragement, give comfort or support to a shout of encouragement, praise or joy, a tremendous cheer from the audience. And I think we felt all of that down there. The cheer was 
in present in the room because I think the praise that we had, the joy that we had and just greeting and meeting everybody and then the encouragement that we had, that they gave us mm. so much of encouragement and the joy and, you know, and they're cheering in the audience, you know, when yeah. something happened that they liked, they made sure they, and the singing, I mean, gosh, the mm. singing is my joy. Mm -hmm. And that just, when they were singing, it was just so much. It was like, this is the way it's going to be in heaven, right? Yes. All the different languages. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Guys, I want to tell you about a project that we have been working on for a long time. And we are so excited that it is officially out in the world for you to get to be a part of. Yeah. Shane, why don't you tell us a little bit about our newest book? Well, it's part of a Life Along the Way series. Jesus was referred to as the way, the first 200 years of the church is life. And, um, and so how do you walk along the way with Jesus? What we've done is taken all four Gospels and the first chapter of Acts. We put them into chronological order and they've come out into... 360 devotionals. And so in four 90-day devotionals, you can walk with Jesus every day in the same pattern and same that the Bible has it. And the first one is Jesus with us. It's the first 90 days. talks about the beginning, the prophecies of his birth and the, the, the coming of the Lord. And then it talks about his birth and several years after that and just helps you to feel like you are at the very beginning, truly at the start of the journey of Jesus and what a powerful impact that can make in your life. So you and I have been doing this yes. for a year. We've been walking through 365 days with Jesus. And yeah. I think for myself personally, what's been so impactful about reading it in chronological order and, and reading it slowly, we don't, we're not skipping around uh, on what we like yeah. about what Jesus says and yeah. what he doesn't, right? We're spending time in all of his words yes. and getting to know him as a whole person. And so I think whether our listeners are um, have been walking with Jesus for a long time or maybe are just wanting to get to know Jesus, this is a great devotional for yeah. them. C.S. Lewis says, if you're going to tell the story, you need to tell the whole story. And this is the whole story. Yeah. Well, guys, I want y'all to get a copy of this book. We'll put the links in uh, the show notes for you to be able to get a hold of it. It has been truly life transforming for me, and I want you to be a part of it as well. Join us on the journey. So one of the biggest gifts of this trip to me that I was absolutely not expecting was the friendships that I walked away with. And now the team is bigger than uh, these uh, ladies that are here on the screen or on that you're hearing their voices today. Uh, it was a larger team, but we thought maybe having um, 11 people on a podcast would have just been too many. Um, so we had to narrow it down a little bit for the podcast, but um, all of us became fast friends. It was really incredible. Um, and I think what was so beautiful about it is that we are all in different stages of life and it just didn't matter or that was maybe even the gift of it. And so I just walked away with such an appreciation for um, these new generational friendships. And I was so reminded of the importance of that. And Nicole, you actually talked about this in your last session that you um, you taught at the Bible Institute for our women's retreat. Would you share a little bit about what you talked about? Yes, I would love to. And I agree, Nicolette, you know, part of what, as I mentioned before, part of what God really encouraged my heart with in this process was the friendships. I think a lot of us have um, had seasons where we have felt like God forgot us in the friendship category or that somehow we missed the boat or that somehow, you know, we have let the ship sail and we haven't been a good enough friend or we haven't paid attention and somehow we've missed out on friendships. And I think that for Christian women, that's a really um, important topic, but I think it's something mm -hmm. that we all have felt. Um, and a lot of times we feel shame and, and frustration and disappointment and hurt in myself included. And so, you know, I have kind of taken this idea that the ship has sailed for friendships, you know, for me maybe, or that maybe I just, that's just not cut out for me. Um, but in this process, when each lady said yes to the trip 
and we started having these weekly conversations, which was something I was pretty stubborn about. I was like, you know, I knew that we were going to show up in Honduras and all of us individually were going to jump on the task of leading these women and having this conference and putting this on because that's the type of women that we are. But I also knew that if we weren't unified as a team, we were we could potentially miss out or potentially um, inadvertently not bring our best as a unit into Honduras and to these women. And so we met weekly in order to prepare our hearts um, in prayer and to prepare those of us who were going to teach, you know, our topics and all of those things. Again, what none of us expected was that we were going to fall in love with each other and that we were <laughs> going to walk away from this with the greatest group of prayer warriors I have personally ever had. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it's such a sweet, sweet surprise gift from God to each of us. But yes, I saw this play out in the women of Honduras um, while we were there in the conference, while we were also experiencing it ourselves among our team. And it's this idea that, you know, those of us who have, at whatever age we are, our relationship with the Lord has been impacted and grown and strengthened because of the saints ahead of us. And we can all look back and some of us, it's Sunday school teachers or, you know, youth ministers, wives or neighbors or grandmothers, people who are ahead of us age wise, who have ministered to us and shown us the example of how to be strong Christian women. And I think sometimes what we forget is that we are also that for others. And so we have to step into that responsibility and we have to step into that role and I don't want us to miss it as women of God, because I think we're in a really great generation of women who have taken God at his word, but we've got to teach those who are younger than us how to do that as well. And so um, in the last morning of our conference, I wanted the women who were at this, who were at the conference, who had traveled from all the corners of Honduras and represented their churches and had left their families. They were there and they were soaking up God's word and God's fellowship. But we knew that that afternoon they were going to go back into their villages. And just like us, I mean, when we go to a women's conference or we go to an incredible worship service, we come back and we have that mountaintop experience and we're on fire for the Lord. And sometimes we do really well with stewarding that for the good of others. And I wanted to encourage those women to do the same. And so I read a passage of scripture that has been one of my favorites for a long time. It's Psalm 145. And it's been one of my favorites because I have felt the weight of the responsibility of being the generation that teaches it to the younger generation. But if I'm honest, I have a hard time looking ahead and identifying women who have done that for me. And so this trip, I was face to face with Miss Charlie and Miss Margaret and Miss Tracy and Angie, those who are older than me, who are living this out. And yes, I have an incredibly godly, God-fearing mom and grandmothers, but in my actual faith journey of seeing women worship and lead their families outside of my own, I only had a couple up to this point that I could look at and say, wow, look at that lineage of faith and to identify, identify myself as part of that. And so here we were sitting in this team of women inside this bigger picture of generations of women in Honduras. And I was overwhelmed with the beauty of the scripture coming to life. And so I'd like to read it. It's Psalm 145. I'm not going to read the whole Psalm, but starting in verse three, it says a scripture that we're all familiar with. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And right after that, verse four starts, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. And it's this beautiful picture of the relationship of one generation commending the work of God in front of the next generation so that the next generation sees it, acknowledges it, and then continues that pattern. We see that the older generation, whatever that means for you, the generation ahead of you speaks of the glory of God's majesty. And then my generation, I will meditate on that. I will think about it. I will ponder it. I will let it impact my life. And then in time, I will be the one to speak of his glorious majesty. And the next generation will be able to see that and ponder on it 
and meditate on God's works and pass it down. And it's, we were in the middle of it. We were seeing it in the context of a global God sitting in Honduras with women of all generations, and then also getting back on an airplane and flying home also in the middle of the truth of that, of our actual team. Hmm. That's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was really beautiful. Does anybody want to talk a little bit more about that? I don't want to hog anything, but I'll, I'll talk for a second. Yeah. Um, to, to see that, um, I think, and us go as a team and we had prayed ahead of time and we knew Nicole's heart and kind of the weight that she was carrying. And we wanted to be her support group as she went and led this conference and led us there. Um, we were able to, to see these ladies impacting you and we were able, Nicole, and we were able to see you impacting not only us as a team, but a generation of people in Honduras. And it was such a beautiful thing to be a part of. And it was such a joy and a light to see you up there. And I think it's something we can touch on for women, just being your genuine, most unique self. Mm. And I think so many times we think we have to be exactly like those that were ahead of us or the people under us have to be exactly like you, Nicole. And the most beautiful person the Lord made was exactly you. Mm -hmm. And I think you were able to really embrace that. And you got on stage and you, you spoke from your heart and from who you are created to be in Christ. And it just, it was such a beautiful thing to witness. Um, and I think it's just the power of stepping in and being confident in the woman that you were created to be. So thank you for showing us that. I feel like we're in the same age group, even though I'm older than you. But um, not only are those ahead of us and those that we're, we're teaching below us, but to see the friendships that were made. And I knew Lauren ahead of time and I knew several of the ones my age, but I didn't have the deep relationship with them that I do now. I saw each of y'all in a different way. I'd always loved y'all and thought you were wonderful, but I'd never gotten to that deep heart level. And I think it's so important to surround yourself with the older and the younger, but also those who are walking through life exactly kind of dealing with the same things. And to see that, you know, to the experience, Nicolette, that that I saw you in need of prayer and, mm -hmm. you know, you, were, you lost the feeling in your legs and you're about to get on stage and how the Lord just healed your body to get up there and speak and Amen. to know that women like you that I look up to, even though you're younger than me as well, but we're kind of in that same niche right now of life, yeah. that you have your own struggles, even being the wonderful woman of God that you are and that you overcome and that we all can was just a beautiful picture of, you know, those ahead of us, those below us and those right in there with us. Um, just the work that the Lord did through each of you. So thank you. Katie, the Something words that you spoke to me that weekend are so etched deeply into my heart because use the way that the words that God gave you to speak to me um, are words that only God knew I needed to hear. Um, mm. And you were God's voice to me that weekend in calling those characteristics out in me that Sometimes I don't know really come across. I want them to, but you're never really sure how you're perceived or interpreted. And your choice of words and how you encouraged me um, came straight from the heart of God to my heart to assure me that um, in with his help and in his power and alongside his presence, um, I can... I am bringing my truest self when I surrender it to him. And do you called that out in me? And I just want to say thank you for that. Um, the way that you were so intentional and kind to me in those days and in those moments where I felt so vulnerable, you were so kind and I'm just so grateful. And I think we got to also, like just what you were saying, we got to, we got to see it and cheer it on in each other. Like we, I mean, we would have been Nicolette's legs if God had, had let us, we would have held her up there while she taught God's word. And mm. then we also got to experience it with Miss Tracy. That's a, that's a story that I'll, because I have seen and, and held up Miss Tracy as such a woman of God and so confident and so fun and so feisty and so full of God's holy power and spirit and we got to cheer her on as she stepped out in confidence to teach God's word and mm -hmm. I think we all can see that you know Nicolette's moment 
in teaching and Miss Tracy's moment in teaching and Miss Charlie's singing for the women, those are the markers of the most powerful moments. And I think it's because we knew that it was only in God's power that those things were able to happen. You know, Miss mm-hmm. Charlie was able to sing without a mic. Nicolette was able to stand without working legs. And Miss Tracy was so, we were, we were beating up the enemy at the back door to allow mm-hmm. her the confidence to get up there and deliver the words that God had given her to those women. And his display, his full power was on display in those moments. Something that I think of, um, Nicolette, when I think about generations is on this particular trip, I found myself right in the middle. I wasn't the youngest (laughs) and I wasn't necessarily the oldest. And when I found, and when I found Miss Charlie, when she was singing and she stretched her arms wide, and she sang with power and authority and mm. love and just vigor. I could just see, that's you, Tracy. That's going to be you in 20 years. Mm. And then as she sat down, I looked to my left, and there were all these beautiful little blonde-haired little 40-year-olds just <laughs> running around. And I was like, oh, me. This is, the, this is who I want to be. And then this, and then when you stood up to speak and you shared your testimony of that window, mm. I will never forget looking out that window mm. and I seeing you and that man praying over you and then bringing God's prophecy to fruition in 2023 with a group of women that God ordained and put together. nobody but God could do that. And I just want to say thank you once again to all you ladies that said yes Mm -hmm. to the call of Jesus for this generation and the next generation. I agree. In reverse, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, not generation down, this was generation up to me (laughs) because I was the oldest. And to see all of you young women so dedicated to being there, to talking to all those women, to share in your heart the sacrifices that you had to make to be there and so forth. It blessed my heart so much to know, you know, sometimes we worry about the younger generations and what they're into and all the different things. But when I see women like you coming along, it blesses my heart to know that the gospel is in good hands. Mm. What a beautiful picture, Miss Charlie. What a beautiful picture. I think it's so important um, for me after coming home from the trip, I was like fired up about one, sharing the gospel because I was so convicted over the ways that I miss opportunities to do that in my everyday walking around life in South Mississippi, right? And then secondly, about these relationships, how blessed I was to be loved on and poured into and literally held up by women of God throughout that weekend. And I just was so reminded that that can absolutely happen in my life here. Like that does not have to be something that only happens in foreign soul. And Nicole, I think you're absolutely right that we go on these trips. We do these things. We say yes to these places when God calls us because we get to have these experiences with him, but they don't mean anything if we don't bring them back and apply them in our everyday lives. And so I'm still working this out in my life um, here back in just my everyday life. But I think when we think about um, mentorship and this season of the podcast, we've been asking a question of who are you cheering on? Who are you cheering on? And I can confidently look around the screen and say, every single one of you cheered me on while we were together on that trip and then have been cheering me on in prayer since we've been back and by word and encouragement. And so it's just been such a gift to me. And so to our listeners that are tuning into this conversation, I think one of the things you can take away from this is the uh, encouragement to seek these types of relationships, right? 
that when we say yes to God, when he, um, when we pray for something as Miss Charlie had prayed for an opportunity and God just like put it in your lap. He just had Nicole call you and ask you like, he can do that when we ask him for it. So he can provide relationships and mentors in our life to help us walk in the faith. And I think so often we don't have those things because we don't ask for them. And so that's our encouragement today is to ask and believe that the same God that was with us in Honduras is the same God that is with me right now in my dining room as we record this podcast episode, right? So does anybody else have any final words they'd like to share? Go ahead, Miss Jolly. Um, it's wonderful to be able to go to the different places, but we need to change our world here at home. And right. exa- quick example for my mother. My mother, um, we had a Japanese bride to come to head it to our home, little hometown. She knew, spoke broken English. My mother found a Gideon Bible that's in Japanese, took it to her. She became a Christian and was in our church, my home church, sang in the choir. Her daughter graduated from William Carey, is a musician in a church. She is leading music in her church. So we can do this, and then her children are going on to do the same thing. So we need to look around us here mm-hmm. and see, be the home missionary and go and reach out to the different things. So I had a wonderful Christian heritage, and that was mainly from my mother. So we are mothers. We need to make sure that we are doing what we need to be doing here, as well as going to Honduras and different places. Nicolette, fun fact, I'm just really glad I didn't find a scorpion in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) Praise be to Jesus. So the listeners should know that um, our text group, which is still my most active text group, I will say, um, we're we're constantly texting. We've been home almost two months and we, um, the texts have not slowed down any and I hope they never do. But our text group, is called Skeeters and Scorpions because those were our two greatest fears going into the weekend were the mosquitoes and the scorpions. And we came home with very few mosquito bites and no scorpion bites. God was cool. That is right. That is absolutely right. Well, y'all, it's been a true joy to have each of you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here and being a part of the conversation. I'm so grateful for each of you. And I just pray that a little bit of our conversation would encourage those who are listening. Friends, it's my honor and privilege to get to spend time with you week after week. It is such a joy that you would choose to be a part of our conversation here on the podcast You are such an important part of what we do. If you like what you hear, I would invite you to share it, pass it along, text this episode to a friend, like, rate, and subscribe to our show. What you do makes a difference. And remember, friend, we're cheering you on.